Welcome to the All Outdoors Photography Podcast with your hosts, Henry Doyle and Ryan Taylor, where we discuss all things related to outdoor and nature photography. In today's episode, Henry and Ryan discuss our favorite birding adventures. Welcome back to episode 27 of the All Outdoors Photography Podcast, and today we're talking about some very feathery creatures. <laughs> I'm sorry. You always come with the best things, Henry, to say. I love it. Thank um, you. Yeah. So today we're talking about birds and uh, bird photography specifically. Um, and basically me and Henry are just going to trade off telling probably our favorite stories out in the field uh, photographing birds. So it should be a lot of fun. Yeah. I think we can both agree that like chasing birds just brings you on the most crazy adventures and really strange things can happen. So that's what <laughs> we're going to be sharing today. Yeah. Or just really kind of cool moments, serendipitous moments, I think, for a lot of us. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. And it's a big part of what we do with outdoor photography, which is great. Yeah. So, so yeah. let's get right into it. Uh, Ryan, what's your first story? Uh, sure. Yeah. So um, first species um, is the great horned owl. It's one of, this is my first encounter with a wild one. I've seen them previously at uh, Raptor, Raptor centers. And so this was flashback to April, 2019. Um, I went to a local fen. Actually, let me, let me rewind a little bit. So I was at a Metro park a week before and I was, they were doing landscape photography and all that sort and photographing spring wildflowers. And uh, I was kind of just viewing the sunset at this place. And this guy like next to me, just like walked you know, right past me, passerby, we'll say. And he said, hey, man, I heard down the road at this local fen, which is a type of wetland. Uh, he's, he's like, there's those great horned owls that nest there all the time. And he's like, you might be able to still catch them, even though it's pretty late and they're like kind of nesting season in April. And I was like, mm, okay. <laughs> so, you know, fast forward to a week later, I kind of went out there to the local fen, um, just kind of searching out for them. I went probably about, I think it was two hours, uh, right before dark, um, just prepared, you know, I was just like, I set out, had kind of mastered their calls and all the different sounds they could make potentially. Um, I didn't really know the nest site was, so I kind of just pre-scouted, uh, initially, um, trying to search for it. And this little, little local fen, it's really not like a big, it has like a little bit of boardwalk and like a loop trail around the entire wetland. Um, but it's not really a big place at all. So I, I just had enough ground to cover that I could do it easily in that short span of time. Um, so I just was searching around, you know, it was really hot, you know, really, really hot, sunny day for at least April. Um, and like I said, it was late and they were kind of nesting season. So I really wasn't sure what to expect. Um, but yeah, I just kind of kept looking around and stuff. And I was like looking cause they nest really high up in the trees, like up to 80 feet, you know, the tallest trees, um, and the big old nest that they construct. Um, and it happened to be right before dark. I just like almost about gave up. This kind of sounds like a cliche story, but I went back to my car and I'm just like about ready to be done. I'm just like, all right, I have like 45 minutes left until sunset. And I'm like, I just, I already did my loop around like once or twice and I went back to my car and I'm like, kind of just sitting there thinking like, what should I do? Should I leave? Should I go out one more time? And I'm like, all right, I should just do it. I'm going to go out one more time and see if I can find it. And like literally within like five minutes hitting the trail again, I just see this giant winged creature flying straight to this, like these thick, you know, thicket of trees or whatever. And I'm like, there's no way that was just a little songbird or anything. And it had like the cigar shaped, like uh, design, if you will, of the bird of like mm-hmm. a lot of owls, you know, with that facial disc and the kind of flatter face. And I'm like, that thing looked huge from what I could tell. And it was getting pretty dark at this point, but there's still enough backlighting um, kind of illuminating the trees and everything. So I had my tripod with me this time. And I had my telephoto mounted on there and everything. And I just point it straight up. And like I said, it's about 80 feet high up in the trees. But the 600 millimeter lens I had on um, 
worked out pretty well, I think, overall. And I, I just saw this look like an adult. I think it was a male, probably, because it was hunting. Great horned owl, just like looking straight at me. It was like this. It was like in those scary moments, you know, your heart kind of oh, sinks. Yeah. Terrifying yeah. when an owl looks at you. It's just. It's yeah, and yeah, they have like especially great horn because they have that yellow, those ringed eyes, and it was just like the most intense eye contact. And I'm like the first time I laid eyes in the in I guess in the wild of this bird, it's already staring me down from that far away. Like it already heard me and or saw me or whatever, probably heard me. And it was just like the most sensed you. Yeah. yeah. Like it was, it was pretty surreal to be looking through that viewfinder, like shaking. I was honestly shaking. Cause I was just so excited, you know, and adrenaline. And I was just like, saw him just staring right at me. And he had something in his talons. It looked like some kind of small rodent, like a vole or something, you know, some kind of small mammal that it caught. And it was just looking straight at me. And the, the photo I took, I took a handful of photos, of course, a lot. Um, but the, my favorite one, the best one in focus, um, which I put in the slideshow, at least on the, our video here, is my favorite. Just because it has that intense eye contact and the light, you know, the landscape around it's illuminated pretty well. And uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, it's got like a nice golden light. On it. Yeah, you can tell it's taking your dark. Um, and then I, I stuck around there until well after dark because I'm just like, this is so cool. <laughs> I tried out some flash and everything. Uh, external flash with a better beamer um, it didn't really work out too well it was just too far away simply um, but i did actually catch some other shots as well of the uh, little owlet as i'll call it you know like a little younger owl i guess but at this stage you know in spring it was already grown up pretty close to being full um, at least older you know um, not full adult but you could tell it was definitely a younger um, great horned owl and it had this mm -hmm. weird kind of whinny call to it it's like, you know, I don't know. Was, yeah, but it, it was just a really surreal moment to see this pair of them and the outlet just hanging out in this fen. It was, it was for the first encounter with this species out in the wild. It was, it was really cool. And to get a shot, you know, it's always icing on the cake. Uh, it seems like based on the photo you put in, it was like a pretty like overgrown area too. So you're lucky you like got a window through to him. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It took a lot of shuffling kind of um, luckily the trail. It's not too constrained, um, but I just kind of shifted left and right, you know, pivoted, I guess. And uh, yeah, unfortunately, I didn't have to move too much. It was already kind of lined up as in the shot you saw um, where it just kind of worked out. And it can be hard to tell, but he does have something in his talons. Um, so but yeah, it was just a really intense moment. And um, actually, if you want to watch my actual reactions, my genuine reactions that day, I do have a video on my YouTube channel. Um, for my on location series, it's called uh, Woodman Fen is where I went to. Um, so you can watch that, of course. And you'll see how I was during that day. And it was, it was an exciting day. So, yeah. Cool. Um, you said you tried to use a flash. Does that, I've never used one with birds. Does that scare them away or? Um, well, I would say for smaller ones. Um, don't take what I say as law, but this is just my opinion, I guess. Um, I will say I don't really, this is one like very small instance just cause I knew it'd be darker. So I wanted to kind of bring in more light, of course, you know, near sunset after dark. Uh, but even then I wouldn't really think it's hundred percent ethical to use flash, especially on owls and nighttime birds. Cause it does freak out their eyesight and kind of screw with it a little bit and it makes them unable to hunt. Um, smaller songbirds in the past, I don't, like I said, use flash really often anymore but like in the past when i did try songbirds with uh external flash it did kind of freak them out you could clearly see that they kind of jumped more and seemed more alert um which stressed them out probably um so it's not really something i recommend using but you know eh. <laughs> it's okay. worth a shot yeah, yeah. Uh, i know a lot of like songbird photographers have pretty 
advanced like flash rigs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Like I said, it's something I really haven't used in probably pretty close to two years. Um, my flash is just kind of collecting dust, at least for you know doing outdoor stuff. You know, photos. It's not really something I really you know am drawn to. I guess the light. So I'm really fortunate in this case where I got just enough natural light uh, to actually make the you know the portrait work. Even though you can kind kind of tell it's pretty noisy, um, but you know it still worked out pretty well. Hey, as long as you get the shot, you know the noise doesn't matter. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and it happened to be just enough focus on his eyes and stuff for that intense eye contact. So, and I, I'm sure by you know by the time you put it on Instagram or print it, like that noise just disappears. You know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I printed it a few times. Um, fairly small though, so nothing, nothing beyond like eight by ten. But yeah, it's it's a nice little shot. You know, it shows the landscape around him, which I can appreciate as much as I like. You know, the big bird portraits. You know, this one's really nice. I think nicely framed and it's off centered by the rule of thirds and everything. Yeah. So and I've tried the same, I've gone back year. I've actually went back, I think a week or two ago to the same Fen. I pretty much gone back every time, every year, this time of year um, to find the same owl. And every year so far, well, two years now, um, I found it again and again. So it's pretty cool. Kind of just, you know, kind of expect this to happen. Oh really? Yeah. So like last week you, yeah yeah it was like a week or two ago i went back to the same fence i went earlier because remember i said this was in april which is pretty late Uh Um, but the past two years i went in january late january early february because that's like prime uh, nesting season because these these owls in particular nest really early in like i guess you could say nesting season for most birds because february is pretty early because it's really cold still um but yeah i went back these past two januaries and i actually fortunately found them both times um but none of the shots i got were anywhere near close to the experience and the photo like this one was. Um, so I'm really fortunate about, you know, this first encounter being so far the best, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, awesome. it, it was, it was a great moment. Um, definitely a highlight, I think in my both birding and photography um, career so far. So it was a really great moment. Cool. Yeah. All so right. How about you? Well, kind of continuing with the owl trend, um, I'm going <laughs> to talk about uh, two consecutive barred owl encounters i had uh so i just got in my wildlife lens which is the 600 f11 i was just kind of playing around with it um down in the park uh it's really just kind of a community park it's really not known for its wildlife or anything Uh, but i was walking in this kind of like thick uh forest that's kind of like around the edges of this park um very dark conditions like almost like not pitch black, but it was very heavy foliage. So there's barely any light coming through. And there was this barred owl. Um, it was about noon and it was on the ground right in front of me. And I freaked out because this is literally like my second day with this wildlife lens. You know, I photographed a couple like songbirds, but nothing major. Um, so, you know, I scrambled. Uh, I got a decent shot that day. Uh, I didn't, wasn't able to get one on the ground. It actually flew up to a branch. Um, I was able to get a shot, but it was out of focus. Uh, this first one, you know, which was fine. I was still learning my lens and uh, it was very dark. So high ISO, uh, you know, cameras generally have trouble focusing. Uh, but yeah, I was pretty excited um, and it just showed showed me. Uh, I don't know. It was kind of like my first really big like click moment that I could do wildlife photography. Um, and then two days later, I went to um, a local bird sanctuary, which is fairly nearby uh, that park location. 
Um, and I was just walking down the trail. Uh, I had this weird feeling just to look up. Um, and there it was again, a barred owl way up in the trees, like super high, probably like 60 feet off the ground. Um, and it was, everything came together. I was able to get a good shot of it. It was backlit. Um, so maybe not the best in the world, but I was still able to get a pretty nice exposure. And he just sat there for me for like 10 minutes. Uh, just looks me dead in the eyes. Like you were talking about Ryan (laughs) creepiest thing. Uh, they do. Yeah. I was going to get closer, get an even closer shot, but uh, then I remember some guy came up and started talking to me about my lens. <laughs> so the owl flew away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but it was weird. Two days in a row. Well, there was a day in between, but pretty much two consecutive owl shots. So that really got me into wildlife photography. Wow. That's a good way to go, man. I mean, with birds. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. I would tell that I, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm too nice for that stuff, but I'd definitely be like in that moment, be like, I'm, Hey man, can you like go away and not talk to me? I'm a little busy at the moment. <laughs> at least wait, you know, did the owl fly away at all? Or was he just, yeah, kind he of... flew away once the guy came, oh, but man. luckily I had gotten, you know, shots that I was happy with. So yeah. Oh yeah. The amount of times I'm like 600 millimeters zoomed in crouched, you know, laying flat on the ground and I see this guy walk by. I'm like, no, 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 no. You're someone walking by and just flushes the birds mm-hmm. or whatever. It's, it can be irritating. Yep, for sure. Or if you see a guy that, you know, it's not even his fault, but maybe he's wearing like a bright red jacket. He's oh, <laughs> just scaring the birds away as he walks. So. <laughs> or loud children. <laughs> yeah. That's so I go, cool. I, I occasionally uh, go on hikes or birding with my parents every once in a while. Oh, cool. Not very often, but um, I remember a couple uh, weeks ago, I went with my dad and he was wearing a bright red jacket. <laughs> <laughs> scared away everything geez son i don't know why we didn't see birds today <laughs> yeah the reflective stuff on or whatever yeah bright colors uh, i feel like everyone has to yeah. go through that um even if you're not a photographer but just birder or birding in general it's like you kind of have to go through that phase of like okay i can wear these bright colors but it's not gonna be as effective you know you have to wear that kind mm-hmm. of more neutral colors like earth tones and um, not necessarily camouflage, but I mean, you can wear street clothes that are just muted colors, I guess, and it works out well. I'm considering getting a ghillie, ghillie suit, honestly, for the <laughs> summer. It could be fun, you know? Oh, uh, dude, they're, they're, at least the one I have, it's very, very hot. So summer is like going to be, it's going to sweat you to death, I think. Uh, Maybe spring, though. I mean, I mean, yeah. Like spring when it gets to be nice green foliage, at least enough where you can kind of blend in. Um, but yeah, I'm just warning you, it's like those get so hot. It's terrible. Yeah. It's a sweat magnet, mm-hmm. but you know, yeah, they can be fun though. I'm not discouraging you. They're, they're fun. It's fun to play dress up, you know, and they can be rewarded <laughs> with some photos. Maybe yeah. birds, probably just deer and stuff as well. Mammals. Yeah. I know the deer where that like roam near where I live, they're so domesticated that I can be wearing a bright jacket and they won't run away. Like they'll, <laughs> you have to avoid them. They don't want to avoid oh, yeah. you. So. <laughs> They'll yeah. walk right by you. Yeah. Uh-huh. Those are the best ones for photos. You know, it's like, they're just almost asking for it. Yeah. yeah. They really just like strut your stuff or just kind of look at you and go, okay, keep feeding or whatever. Mm. It's hilarious. <laughs> Yeah, man, I love this. This is honest. I've known I said this before, but it's one of my favorite shots you've taken. This barred out one. It's just, it's. I don't know. It's just. It's just got. It's just like a solid portrait of one. It's really great. Even lighting, it's like shadowed, but not like underexposed. It's like a nice shadow, diffused light. You know, it's just nice tech, sharp focus. 
And it's just simple but effective, I think, if that's a compliment. Thanks. Yeah, it just works, I guess. Yeah, it's it's a good shot. I really like it. Yeah, I was I was surprised with the backlighting that I was able to like recover it enough, but mm-hmm. it's still Yeah. I think the the light on the leaves actually looks good, like a nice background. And it's like it almost looks like it could be like at a um you said it was a bird sanctuary, right? Uh can you repeat that? You cut out. You said that was at a bird sanctuary that you took that at, right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. It, it almost looks like some kind of I don't know, it doesn't look that deep in woodland just based off like the background. Like there's a lot of like sky and light kind of pulling mm-hmm. through, I guess. Yeah. So it looks like it was kind of out in the Well, open. he was he was kind of like at the top of the tree. So like and this was oh, okay. one of the tallest trees in the place. Like he was high up, like really high. Oh really? Yeah, it looks like yeah. you're really close, like eye level, but I guess it's just like Yeah, I was I was way back on the trail. Um mm-hmm. I mean I was it's a prime, so I'm always at six hundred, but uh yeah, I cropped. I think I did like a one to one crop. So yeah, it looks square. pretty square. Yeah, mm-hmm. but yeah, it it really works in this case. Yeah, beautiful nice. bird though. I, I love these guys. I've only seen yeah, them a time I, or two, but I hope to uh, get a bunch of shots of this guy or his children or whatever this summer. Yeah. <laughs> Have you named him yet? <laughs> Not yet. No. <laughs> Name his children too while you're at it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. It's great though. Yeah, I love it. Raptors are just, they're so fun, especially owls. They're so, at least for, um, I don't know if you call both of us casual owlers, but like, it's just, they're so elusive. But like, when you see them, it's just like the most exciting thing, I think. Mm. It's really I'm great. De- I'm definitely casual. I would say you're quite the oh, more no. professional one. No. no. Oh, in general, I just meant owls, but yeah. Oh, thank you. Appreciate it. <laughs> I mean, you've been doing it for years. I'm, I'm very new to this. Yeah, so. A couple of years, you know. Mm-hmm. I'm still learning. It's always a process, you know. No one's great, truly great. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, yeah. yeah, no, right. great, so, great shot. Yeah. Um, so, what's your next one here? Good question. Um, let's let's dial it back a little bit. Let's go back to I think this is 2018, I believe. Ooh. No, 2017. Yeah. Wow. Whoa. Time flies. Yeah, it's an oldie but a goldie, <laughs> as I'll say. <laughs> so it's a simple backyard portrait of a morning dove. Um, so yeah, backyard, uh, it was about, f- yeah, four years ago now or whatever counting. Um, and this was before I even had a, I think, a, yeah, before I even had 150 to 600 millimeter telephoto, I only had a 75 to 300. And so yeah, if that shows you, you how shot this with that lens, Jeez. 300 millimeters. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so I appreciate it. But, um, yeah, so it was, it was kind of funny. Um, this is back when I was doing lots of backyard bird fo- like photos. Cause I, I think. I think this was right before or right after I got a car. So I really wasn't driving too far out much, at least yet. And so a lot of my bird shots just happened to be stuff I saw in the backyard just to, you know, build a portfolio of some common, more common species I'd see out there. Um, in my backyard, it's a very modest sized, like suburban neighborhood one, but it's got, you know, three pine, pine trees lined up, which is actually the greenery in the backdrop of this photo I'm looking at. Um, and there's a, let's see, there's a bird bath and a crab apple tree, decent sized crab apple tree. And then my two bird feeder setups on both sides. So it's, it's a really nice setup. They have plenty of shelter. Um, the birds do and, you know, places to feed and drink and stuff. So, and roam around and everything. So it's a pretty nice backyard for what it is. But um, for this, I think it was like a November morning, actually. So it was, it was fairly cold out. Um, like I said, the greenery behind it was because pine trees are, aren't deciduous. So they don't lose leaves because they have pine needles, of course. So they kind of keep them throughout the year. Well, they do. But 
Um, so yeah, this shot, I was just a, originally, initially it was puffed up this little morning dove here, you know, cause it trying to retain that warmth or whatever. Um, and it looked like it kept closing its eyes and sleeping. And I was like, literally just like kind of knelt over, like crouched over, I guess, just walking up slowly to this little bird on the you know, crab apple branch. And I just kept getting closer and closer until I started laying out flat and started doing like basically like an army crawl style towards this bird. <laughs> and um, yeah, just in my regular clothes. It wasn't bright colors, like we were saying, but um, yeah, with that 300 millimeter zoomed all the way out. And I was just slowly getting closer and closer. And this perspective, I mean, I was laying flat on the ground. It was probably about uh, probably five, 10 feet up in this tree. Um, but I was just being really, really quiet. No one else was around, of course. And just getting closer and closer. And, I, you know, with each shot, you could see me getting closer to this bird. You know, the initial one was very far away. And this one's probably about as close as I got. Um, and, yeah, eventually it just opened its eyes like you see here. And it would just, you know, kind of close them back again. But eventually it flew away just from its own. I don't know. I was, I was staying completely still, but it just flew away. But I had a good probably 20, honestly, 25-minute session with this bird, which is really exciting. So, Probably one of my earliest shots that I'm still really proud of overall, you know, with the framing of it and everything and the pleasant diffused cloudy light that it had that day. But yeah, it's a great shot. So I'm really still proud of it. Yeah, it really is. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really love the blurred out background. It, it really works for this. You know, I feel like sometimes photographers like overuse, you know, the like completely blurred out background. But I think you use it perfectly here. Oh, thank you. Like you, you still keep the branch and sharp focus. Uh, well, not sharp focus, but you keep the branch and some focus and then have nice sharp focus on the bird and kind of mm -hmm. blur out the trees or the bushes behind it. So really yeah. nice. Yeah, I, I guess I actually, now I'm looking at this image again after all this time, you can see at the, um, at least you, Henry, can see at the bottom left corner, there's an orange kind of sliver of a leaf, which kind uh -huh. of implies that it is November and, you know, changing the seasons. Because this crabapple trees, they get this beautiful, bright, like vibrant pink usually in mid-April with spring, oh, yeah. of course. Um, but yeah, I, I really like this more earth, earthy kind of color um, photo and backdrop. It really worked out in this case with this more muted colored bird that's pretty common around here. You, you've inspired me. I think I'll, I have a crabapple <laughs> tree in my backyard. I think I'll, oh, once yeah. it comes spring, I'll set up a tripod or something and wait for a bird to land. That could be cool. Yeah, actually one of my favorite tufted tin mouse shots, I just got, um, I think it was about a, yeah, it was last spring. Uh, was when it was full bloom pink, um, I actually got a tufted titmouse shot just perched right on it. It was an incredible shot, I think. You know, just pink really just kind of offset these this white and gray bird. It was really cool. So, yeah. Take advantage of that week or two of just perfect color on those trees. It's great. Or any tree rep for that matter. Hmm. Yeah. And great I, shot. Great oh, thank shot. you. Yeah, I mean... I'm, I'm it, really surprised on that lens, too. That's crazy. I mean, I... It's it's you know <laughs> it's really hard to get close to those birds and fill a frame, but you pulled it off. I think that shows how I don't know if you call it naivete, but like just the eagerness in my earlier days of just like I will be so patient just to get this shot perfect. I mean, I still mm -hmm. have it now, of course, but it's you know it's kind of different. But back then, I'm like, all right, this is all I had because this I had a job, of course, at that time, still do, of course. But it's just like I was like, all I have is this 300 millimeter, and I can. Um, it's a zoom lens, but yeah, the maximum focal would be 300. And I'm like, I can get as close as I can get, but I have to be really quiet and move, you know, make micro movements and be really slow. Um, and yeah, you can reward yourself with a shot like this maybe. Um, but yeah, I think, I think this is a shot at 5.6, I believe. It's a Canon lens. So yeah, it works out pretty well at dropping out that background out of focus. So it's awesome. 
Yeah. Thanks. Good job. Yeah. Thanks. Um, and also, with getting close, it probably also helps that devs are a little bit dumb sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> They'll let you get fairly close, but yeah, it still takes a lot of. I, I tell people, even like non brewers, I'll tell them it's like doves. I don't want to call them stupid, but they're just kind of like, uh, like derpy, I guess. They just kind of, I don't know. They get really scared easily and they're just kind of hilarious, comical. Yeah. So, yeah, I was really fortunate. It's still one of my favorite shots of the species. I've, I've taken many more since then in my backyard and elsewhere, but, you know, this one after all these years is still one of my favorites. Yeah. Good job. Thanks. How about you? All right. What's your next one? Um, so my next one is a group of swans. So I was up in Michigan. Uh, I was by a lake, and I, was, I wasn't I was even doing photography. I just happened to have my camera nearby, um, and this massive group of swans just showed up. I, I, I think probably like 12, um, and they were right up on shore. So, you know, I could stand far enough back, and with my lens, I could really fill the frame with some swans. Um, so it was really harsh lighting, um, which kind of cast shadows on the swan's face. Um, I believe they were kind of like side lit or back lit. I can't exactly remember, but uh, I had to deal with some of those conditions. Uh, but it was really nice just kind of arranging the swans with like the water texture behind them, uh, arranging like the groups of swans together. Uh, it was just really fun. And this was another kind of early days, probably week two or three. Uh, with my wildlife lens. Yeah. I, I swear, I, I haven't had as much luck since, but that first couple weeks was, man, that was bird after bird. It was crazy. <laughs> that's Yeah, that, that's half the fun, especially um, it's like when you, I know for me, it's like when I went out those early days, I'm like, I have no idea what I just took a picture of, but, you know, it's really cool looking to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm, so just... still, I'm still still kind of in that stage, but you know I'm working. Oh, on it. oh it's all good. It's a pro- it takes years, man. It's a process. Mm-hmm. I, I still yeah. I I tell people all the time. They're like, you know, people people that just like know I like birds and stuff. They're like, you know, so much. You like must be an expert. I'm like, no, I'm terrible, man. I know a lot more than the average person, but like I'm nowhere near like yeah. like pro, I guess. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I've recently purchased like a field guide, and uh, oh, I'm starting to bring binoculars out in the field. So I'm trying yes. to be a little bit more like it's, bird educated. Yeah, no, that's great, man. Yeah, it, the it's easy to fall in that trap. I, th- I think even especially early on, using your telephoto as a binoculars, but like having a dedicated pair of them is just great for that quick look at something. You know, like a mm-hmm. like a lens just can't a camera and lens just can't. I don't know, find it as well. I think you know. Yeah, like if if a bird is behind a branch, your lens might try to focus on that branch instead of exactly. on the bird. So, yeah, yeah, you can just cut through that and just look at the bird. It's just much easier, I think, to view stuff with the binoculars. You know, whereas a camera, yep. you have to really fine tune the settings, and you know, it's more about making the image. But like, if you just want to see something, you know, it's like just use binoculars or spotting mm-hmm. scope if it's far away. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, do you know what swans these are by any chance? um sure. shoot uh i think <laughs> i did at the time but i forget um i'm trying to, I'm trying to i don't think they're anything like rare i see them a lot in this area but i've never seen this large of group uh, and i probably got probably a set of 20 different unique images kind of arranging this once together uh, yeah it was I'll- fun this lake is kind of feeds off a creek uh like this oh, massive cool. creek which kind of connects to lake michigan which is 
I think I believe the second biggest Great Lake. So I bet those guys came from there. Oh yeah, kind of made their way down the creek to the smaller lake. From what I heard, yeah, Lake St. Mary's is like a burning mecca um, here. In, I think it's in Ohio, I believe. Is it in, it's in Ohio, right? Uh, I've I've never heard of it, but oh, okay, <laughs> maybe not. No, this uh, this shot was up in Michigan, but oh, was in Michigan? Okay, yeah, yeah, huh, uh, okay, yeah. It's cool. This reminds me. I mean, like. First off, I love the placement of it, just the way they always had their heads arranged and everything. You focus on the middle one. Yeah, it's just like a really cool arrangement and placement. Um, but it reminds me of like my earliest days, um, not earliest, but like early on. And I would like go to like zoos because zoos are like a great place, I think, um, to really just kind of hone in and like practice, you know, just wildlife photography in a really controlled setting. You know, so it's easy to kind of get to know the behaviors of them, different uh, bird species or whatever you're photographing and uh just to compose the photographs you know it's really cool so you know this reminds me of a trumpeter swan i guess is what i'm saying i took one a shot of one i think it was at columbus zoo uh, about four years ago and it kind of reminds me of that too just the cool. elongated head and everything yeah so it's really cool it's a really cool shot yeah um this summer i hope to do a lot more with that uh and the, the water's warm enough that you know you can actually get in kind of get some different angles and stuff Oh, there you go. Uh, but these guys were so close. I literally, if I got in the water, I'd literally be on top of them. So <laughs> I had to be on the shore to, you know, get some kind of shot. So that's a good problem to have. You have to zoom, you know, yeah, for you, sure. zo- you have to zoom out or zoom in oh. rather. Yeah. Yeah. Too close. Minimum focusing yeah. distance and all that. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, uh, it's fun. This is, pro- I think this is the first time I had like traveled since the pandemic started. So it was kind of nice to get out of your local area for just a little bit and, you know, kind of see some different species, different environments, uh, kind of a different perspective. So, Hmm. Yeah, that's cool, man. Yeah, I really like it. Thank you. Yeah, um, sure. (laughs) Let's let's keep going here. Um, So this next one, I'm pulling out all these older shots because I'm really kind of revisiting some older material and stuff. You just because a lot of those early I guess, experiences with birds, especially the first encounters, um, happen to be the most exciting, I think, and memorable. Um, and sometimes can produce the best shots as well for me. Um, so this next one is a great egret. So this is a bird I really love to photograph. Um, I haven't really gotten, I haven't gotten many chances with it simply because they're just, they're, they're fairly common around here at, you know, local uh, ponds and marshes and everything, you know, along those lines. But um, this bird is just, it's about, it's about the size of a great blue heron. I think it might be slightly smaller. Um, but the thing that sets it apart from those is that it has the all white plumage. So it sticks out very easily. I think, um, it's even from far away. So, uh, this is about, I think three years ago, I went to a local rock quarry near where I live and there's these several bodies of water that are kind of situated with cattails and stuff. And just open, kind of fairly shallow bodies of water. Like you could splash and wade through them if you wanted to. Um, I never have, honestly, but um, people fish out of them even. And I was there just this one morning, just by myself, super quiet morning. No one else is around. Got there before sunrise. And I just saw this one egret just hanging out with me <laughs> at this whole entire rock quarry. It was the coolest thing. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to take a shot of this guy. And um, the shot I'm looking at right now, it's like, it looks like it's dancing, but it's just kind of like, bouncing up and down and floating off the water and just kind of like flapping its wings once and kind of hopping around. It looked like it was, it was put on a show for me. It was pretty crazy to look back on now. Um, and uh, it's a lesser common bird, I think, around these parts. 
Um, at least in this rock quarry, I've never seen one before since then. Um, so it's pretty cool to just get this one species there um, in particular. And uh, yeah, I just, I, back then I was a little more foolish. So I was kind of like just not chasing it, but following it very intently. And it kept flying to the other side of the water, going back and forth and all that stuff. And it just, it was kind of hilarious, you know, just thinking that I'd just keep running after it basically. Um, but yeah, I got lots of great shots of it flying around and stuff. Um, and it was, yeah, it was just a great morning out to kind of have this one to one session with this bird. It was really, it's a pretty cool moment, I think. Yeah, I think what really makes this photo um, great, or one of the many things, is the contrast. That kind of rocky quarry environments, just kind of muted colors, and then the like mm -hmm. amazing white bird. Yeah, I, I really like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and you can it's tell. Just, yeah, yeah, it's just really kind of different from the environment you'd expect to see something like that in. Yeah, no, yeah, you're right. It's you're definitely right. It's and I think this is late September, if I recall, or mid to late September. Um, so yeah, it was still pretty green. The greenery, like rock quarries actually get a lot of like greenery and leaves, of course. So they do get kind of this fuller color and they're not just some dull gray or tan, but, um, yeah, this time of year is great. It was an overcast day as you can probably tell. So I had no problems at all exposing for that bright white, you know, plumage and everything and feathers on the bird. But yeah, it was just a really cool moment to see, um, as you can see in the shot, Henry, the distance in between that background and the bird. So it kind of just separated that and made more. Um, not compression, but it showed more, I guess, uh, depth is the word I'm looking for. Um, but yeah, it was just a really cool moment just to see this bird just kind of hanging out. It would fish every now and then. I didn't get much shots of it fishing that were really salv salvageable, but you know, it was just pretty cool to see it flying around and just doing its thing day to day life. It was pretty neat. Yeah. Yeah. Great photo. Um, and is that, I, you, it seems like you capture some motion. Is that it taking off or landing? Um, like I said, I think this is like, I think this one in particular was when it was doing, it was doing like a, it landed, I think in the water, just right in the middle of it. Sometimes it'd be on the edge of these ponds. Um, but I think in this case, it was like doing this. I don't know how to describe it. It was like a bouncing motion and it was kind of like floating its wings and it was just kind of like an up and down, like a, um, I don't know what you call it, like a little up and down kind of motion, if that makes sense. Kind of bouncing, I guess. So this is literally capturing that instance, um, as you said, with the blur, especially in those, those lakes, because it was literally just kind of just bouncing up and down. And I was kind of panning with it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. It, it was neat. It was a neat moment. So yeah. mm -hmm. probably some of the best shots still. It's not like a perfect shot by any means, but like the moment itself alone and... I haven't had really any of the best moments with this bird um, just because they can be really, I find with herons and bitterns and egrets, they're very alert birds to your presence. They have good eyesight and they can always pick up where you are and fly away pretty quickly. So it's, it's hard to get a good shot of most of them. Unless and been you probably domesticated. You probably were about as far as you could go, like distance wise, like mm -hmm. you probably couldn't get any closer because of the water. So. Right. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get in the water that day. Um, mm -hmm. and this is, I'm more than likely shot at 600 mil. So about as far as I could go and I might've cropped a little bit if I recall, but, um, yeah, it's about as close as I got, which is still really close. You know, I got some great looks at it, so can't complain. Yeah. Excellent work. Yeah. Well, thank you. That's all I had to say about that one. <laughs> great bird. Yeah. I love it. Okay. 
Um, so this story is not a success story of birding, but it is a funny one. Um, I'll say that. So uh, this actually happened, let's see, I think about a month ago. Um, so I was going to this hill that's near my house. Um, it's like a, it, it's got hiking trails on it, but it's primarily for mountain biking. Um, and on that day, I don't know what I was thinking, um, but I decided I'm going to not bring my camera bag. I'm just going to hold my, carry my wildlife lens, um, and not wear proper footwear. <laughs> just wear tennis shoes. <laughs> what I was thinking, I was just feeling lazy and just wanted to drive and just, you know, just look for some birds and not put in the work. <laughs> Um, so I made it up the hill. Uh, I think I got a couple of photos. I got like a cardinal from far away. Um, nothing too great. Um, uh, I got a dove, which was, you know, decent. Um, and then I fell. <laughs> it was very muddy cause it was a mountain biking trail. So there oh, were constantly, no. <laughs> I don't, there weren't any bikers, uh, when I was hiking, uh, which was good, but you know, the wheels kind of constantly turn up the, uh, ground and yeah. just make it really just <laughs> moist and easy to fall on so i fell um the first time it uh so i had my wildlife lens in hands like i didn't even bring a camera strap i don't know what i was thinking (laughs) didn't even bring a camera strap so i fell uh the first time so i i ended up falling two times but the first time i fell (laughs) i i just kind of landed um i think i landed like on my stomach actually somehow uh, and then my lens just kind of rolled a little bit on the ground and got covered in mud, which I got scared, but uh, I realized it was fine because um, I have like a lens coat for my wildlife lens. So that took all the mud, didn't get in the lens or anything. Um, and my camera's good with that. So uh, my L bracket, so I had an L bracket on my lens uh, or not, not on my lens, on my camera. Uh, that's got like filled with mud so like all the crevices <laughs> were like caked in oh. <laughs> that took quite i had to deconstruct it when i got home um, give it a thorough clean but, yeah uh i continued on my hike um uh, i'm just gonna call this the cursed bird burning trip because uh i saw this nice hawk um it literally was sitting there for five minutes for me or not five minutes like two minutes for me for me to get nice shots my camera wouldn't focus didn't know why i thought it was because of the fall but then i did a test and realized it wasn't that it was just you know user error i guess uh so then i started walking back i fell again uh this time it was a lot worse uh so i i fell on my um fell on my back uh My lens literally goes flying, like five feet in the air. It flies across the trail. Like, it literally flies. So I have a handle on the side of my camera or the side of my lens that I added there. Um, it's like a, it is an L bracket, but it's like more designed for like wildlife lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was lucky. It went five feet in the air, but it bounced off the L bracket. So there was no damage to the lens. So it literally took all the impact, which was good. So my lens was not hurt at all. It didn't get any mud on it. Nothing. It just hit the L bracket and perfectly landed. <laughs> but it was terrifying. <laughs> like it flew. Like I completely like threw it basically when I fell. Um, it was crazy. <laughs> so yeah, um, no damage whatsoever. Um, and this is not like a weather sealed lens. This is also not like a complete really sturdy lens because <laughs> um, it's more of a budget option. But it survived and 
no scratches, nothing. Uh, yeah. So it was just kind of a cursed day, um, but also kind of a blessing too that I didn't break anything. Uh, I did end up, my leg uh, ended up bleeding quite a bit. Uh, I didn't notice that till I got home, which was not good. But uh, one more thing on, on the way back, uh, I saw this huge fire. hawk. Or no, it wasn't a hawk, a huge owl, like a massive owl. Uh, probably the biggest one I'd ever seen. But guess what? My camera wouldn't focus yet again. I literally like <laughs> ran down a hill to get to this owl and it wouldn't focus. So, yeah. Wow. That was the cursed birding event. And you got mm-hmm. home and your parents sold the house. And <laughs> yeah, my yeah. house had burned down by the time I got Oh my home. gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's. So I got to ask, was it, the, was it, do you think it was the diopter on your camera that was making it look like it was out of focus? Um, no, it's just my, uh, my tracking out of focus honestly sucks <laughs> sometimes. Okay. Yeah. That's one of those things I, maybe. I like, should have been using, yeah, I should have been using single point, but I don't know why I was doing tracking, but. Oh, like the intelligent, as they say, autofocus. Uh-huh. Yeah. It works what, yeah. when it works. Yeah. It, it works, works amazingly. Oh, definitely. But yeah. When it doesn't, doesn't work at all. So I think, I think the newest camera bodies are great about that. Mine's kind of if you're like I've tried those forty-five point autofocus things and it modes and it's just mm-hmm. I like the single point. I like to control that composition and stuff. Um, but yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't know. Man. I have you ever had it like the lens face down in the mud, like lens glass down. It's terrible. <laughs> it's like in the in the ground or something yeah yeah like in the mud or whatever it's terrible. no yeah. thanks thank goodness that's no. what i would i, I would um probably like at least gotten mud on it but i don't think it was face down or maybe i had like a lens hood on but yeah it's it's not fun but th- those mountain bike trails and horse trails are just like the worst when uh-huh. if, if it's raining and wet i've done it i've done hiking and stuff on those kind of trails when it's wet it's just a slodge through everything man it's it's a nightmare mm-hmm messy as heck yeah yeah i actually actually went back to that trail a couple days later uh with you know proper gear and footwear <laughs> and i actually used my tripod as like a, a walking stick <laughs> that's great I, I, I didn't want anything else to happen so redemption yeah. did you get any good shots then yeah i think so I, I think i got like a uh i don't know what it's called <laughs> tufted titmouse maybe yeah i think Probably. i got a tufted titmouse yeah there you go. Good deal. Um, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. That's funny story. Um, I'm sorry. That but was yeah, uh, I'm so lucky I had that handle on the camera. Like that L bracket took all the damage for it. It's, oh, yeah. I mean, you wouldn't believe it unless you saw it. Like it went flying. Like my camera, like it was like a rocket. It <laughs> probably went five feet across the trail. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Got to keep a firm grip on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and that was the day. So now I'm, I'm in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had one. I don't know why I didn't bring it, no. but I'm instating that Dude, policy now to have a camera strap at all times when I'm mobile. I'm laughing at only the situation and not like you, but like it's just that it's funny because I, I there's so many times where I would just go out spur of the moment and I'd have on like the worst clothes for it. I'd have like you said, like no camera strap for whatever the situation was. And just because I wanted to get out, I was just so excited for some reason. It doesn't have to be birds, but just any photography. But yeah, I just like go out and I'm like, why am I dressed like this? Uh-huh. <laughs> like I've gone out, I've gone out and like dress clothes to like a prairie just to like photograph birds and stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, why am I like dressed like I'm going to like church or something? <laughs> yeah. 
Like just because I, I had find, it like with me. I don't know. It's weird. I find yeah. myself in weird situations. I find the times when I'm like wearing like my waterproof like hiking shoes are the times I actually don't need them. <laughs> when oh, I end man. up wearing tennis shoes, I'm usually in the mud or in the swamp <laughs> or something. Oh man, too many. I agree so much. Too many times. It's terrible. I, I, I question yeah. why we even bother. <laughs> yeah, I'll, like I have waterproof boots on. I'm like, oh, I can I can wade through the shallow creek. Nah, I won't. But then like the other times where I'm like. Man, I really wish I was in the middle of that, but I have tennis shoes on. It's like, it's terrible. <laughs> I don't understand why we do this to ourselves. <laughs> to get amazing images. And that's what we're all about here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's great, man. I'm so, yeah, that's just a funny story, I think. It's hilarious. You know, I'd love to like hire an animator on fiverr or something and have them like animate that animate the dude that could be cool on the way back i fell again <laughs> just <laughs> oh man i could imagine that'd be hilarious honestly uh-huh. uh, all right so I what's your next story dude i don't even know if i can top that one that was pretty funny mine are so dramatic and serious <laughs> i don't know if i have any like really funny ones off the top of my head um i mean the next one's kind of like at least in the photo itself kind of comical um I think it was about a year or two ago. I was with a buddy of mine. We went to a local kind of combined kind of woodland and lake, like a pretty decent sized fishing lake. Um, at least fishing is pretty popular there. And there's this tufted titmouse in the in like the brush and everything. Um, it was it was late fall, so like as you can tell in the image, it's like there's lots of decay and stuff. Really kind of gray brown kind of colors, lots of dull colors. And it was like the split second. You know, I'm just like full auto. You know. Um, high continuous mode on my camera. So I'm just kind of pressing that shutter at this little songbird that's just perched um, really quite literally like a couple of feet in front of me. It's, it was really close. I think I actually took the shot of probably around five or 400 millimeters. Um, and it was just really close up. Um, but the hilarious thing is in that barrage of shots, uh, this was the one that stuck out to me when I was looking over the computer and he quite literally looks like it's doing the splits. It's like the hilarious, just like pose for the bird, I guess, you know, it's, it's almost comical, I think. Um, as it just kind of clings onto these far reaching just twigs or brush around it um, as it just kind of looks around looks off to the side i guess the right side in this image um, but yeah it was, it was great nothing, nothing really like dramatic with the story but like just the image itself was quite uh expressive i guess quite humorous i think and just it, it stuck out to me in my portfolio um and it has since for you know songbirds like this cool yeah <laughs> Great shot, too. Yeah, thank you. That's about it for that. But yeah, and just having in the middle of the frame kind of worked out. Um, I've even Mm -hmm. taken like a one-to-one crop, um, which I feel like just kind of bring it in closer to the attention um, on the bird subject. Um, But yeah, it's just a really funny kind of looking shot to me. Um, And it's still one of my favorites for that reason. Yeah, trying to capture a bird's natural behavior is really, yeah, it may not be as like engaging as like a, direct like portrait but a nice kind of behavior shot is pretty cool right yeah it's like it probably yeah i, I don't know how you describe it it's just expressive you know it's just kind of yeah. it's different it's not just like sitting there flat like plainly like perched on a tree branch it's like kind of it has this posing that's kind of i don't want to say awkward but it's just like unique i guess it's not something mm-hmm. you see every day i think yeah so yeah, yeah. It, re- it really worked out it was really cool and i did not fall in the mud for it <laughs> if only that make the story kind of funny, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want that to happen. Oh, no. 
to the best of us. <laughs> when when you get mud on your camera, it's just the worst feeling. Oh yeah, I can imagine. And if you just if you let it dry too, and you just need to like, yeah, you're right. It just gets like caked up yeah. and stuff. It's terrible. I remember uh, on the photography burning trip of death, um, mud got stuck in you know like the lens, uh, not lens, the camera strap holes, like the indentations. Oh okay, yeah. Mud got like caked into there. It was disgusting, and it got into my viewfinder as well. It was very interesting. But, I think yeah. for the longest time, I think in my binoculars actually, because those go through like a lot more than a camera would. Um, so they, they it got like mud stuck in these like weirdest little cracks and crevices, and it would just like stay there for months. Like, I'm pretty sure I waited like over a year to until I actually like cleaned it off fully. Wow, yeah. Even worse than mud sometimes can be sand. Um, I'll still find sand in crevices of of my old tripod that I used um, in the summer. Like there's still sand in there. <laughs> like it's crazy. Uh, yeah, I, I always make sure after or, uh, after a rain, just to like you know extend all the legs and just wipe them all off. Because yeah, sand and stuff yes, is definitely. trapped in this terrible. Oh yeah, if you get moisture trapped in there, it's not good. Not good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause I would find even if you wait like a week after a heavy rainfall and if you have your, like your tripod legs collapse, even like you ever like spread them out again and extend them. And it's like the, the water's just still in there. It's like the weirdest thing. Yeah. And it's I, even grosser water too. Yeah. It's just like weird. Cause it's almost, yeah, it gets like slimy and stuff. And I'm like, this is uh-huh. no fun. Like, yeah, just take care of your gear, everyone. I mean, we, yep. we, we go on the elements like this and we need to take care of it. <laughs> and obviously you know, you will drop your camera lens at some point. There's no avoiding it. Like, oh yeah. Even like I was dumb when I dropped mine, but I've you know I've dropped mine before when I was taking all the necessary precautions. And it'll happen. You just need to know. You need to have good cleaning supplies, and just need to know how to take care of it when that stuff happens. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I dropped two cameras in a year, and look how I'm doing. I mean, like, mm-hmm. you can survive. That's what I'm saying. Yes, you can. Yeah, and it's worth it for shots like this. I think you know the, the camera. Oh yeah, I'm getting I'm getting deep here, but like the camera is just a tool to take these great shots. You know. Yep. And it's yeah. Been- once you're you know you can get caught up in the camera like w- when you're at home or something, but once you get down in the field and you see these birds, you really don't care what you're shooting with. It's just exactly yeah. It's just it's meant to be a tool, and you're just to get the shot, and mm-hmm. it can get bang. I, I mean, I take care of my gear as much as I can, of course, but like naturally, it's just things can happen to it, failure, just stupidity, or just anything otherwise. So, the elements, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I used to kind of like idolize my gear. I used to like not keep it in my bag and kind of like put it up on a shelf and have to repack it every time. <laughs> but a, a couple months ago, I realized it was just more practical to just keep it in the bag and you know have it ready to go. So yeah, I mean, either, either ways, I, I'm like that. I've always pretty much been like that, where I just kind of have it out of, or excuse me, in in the bag and just everything ready. But like, um, if you're like carefully packing things, it's kind of I feel like it'd be kind of important to have it all laid out and just take what you yeah. need. Because I just have the same crap in my bag and I just kind of pick it up when I'm ready for whatever day trip. I need to stop like bringing my wildlife lens with me everywhere. Um, especially when I, I know I'm not doing land or not doing wildlife. Like it's just extra weight. That I don't need to bring with me. You say that on the bird episode. I love it. <laughs> yeah. And vice versa too. Like I don't need to bring oh, my yeah, wide yeah. angle out doing wildlife. So 
on occasion I'll be out doing a bird shot or, or bird trip rather. And I'm like, Oh, it's amazing sunset. I wish I could get like a landscape shot or something. But then I go like, but wait, I can just use the light to make a beautiful bird shot or something like that. So it works both ways. I mean, I have a pretty good suggestion. Uh, A couple months ago, I bought a backup uh, lens. It was literally 30 bucks used. It's an old kit lens. Uh, It's a Canon 28 to 80. It's actually, it's (laughs) not sharp. It's not that sharp, but it it can take sharp pictures. Um, It doesn't let in a lot of light, but for landscapes, you know, it doesn't really matter. And it's so, it's very small. So I sometimes bring that on wildlife only excursions. I can just throw it on Hmm. and get some wide angles if I need to. Wow. Yeah. I mean, on occasion, a time or two, I I put on uh, teleconverters or I have one single teleconverter. And if I'm just like at a community park where I really don't want to like attract too much attention with a big old, you know, lens coat, mm-hmm. bazooka lens. Oh, or yeah. Yeah. I'll just like slap that teleconverter onto a 75 to 300 or something that's like a much more portable zoom. And I'll just like have it, you know, strapped on me and just carry it around. And it, it gets you that zoom factor, but like the, it's a lower profile, which can help. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you can, you can get good shots with those, like, especially with like bigger birds or I know this isn't a wildlife episode but deer you can get great shots with oh definitely fairly small focal lengths yeah i mean you lose like a stop or two of light i believe with teleconverters at least most of them but like and you lose some sharpness i believe but it's just like other than that the trade-offs are um if you have plentiful light you know have at it and don't shoot too wide because then it might get too soft uh, depending on your lens choice of course yeah well um I, I think that's pretty much it for my stories. Do you have anything else? Oh, I, I could go on forever. I mean, there's there's plenty. Um, every every bird, I feel like, bird shot can bring its own story. A lot of them, at least, you know. But, yeah, there's so many. But save this for a rainy day, I guess. Yeah, we could definitely do a part two sometime. Um, yeah. I'm going to, uh, if COVID's better, I'm going to uh, South Carolina in April, I think, so. Cool. Maybe I'll have some stories from there. Uh, my goal is to get like some of those like uh, osprey, um, yes. <laughs> more types of heron, um, maybe even an alligator. They have a ton of alligators, so I'd Ooh. love to get an alligator shot. Not a bird. <laughs> I know, but you know, it's, it's, it's close enough. I had to say, yeah. Or harlequin <laughs> ducks, if you're out by the coast. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's on the ocean, so. Yeah, there yeah. you go. Right on. That'd be yeah. a cool one to find. Yeah, so maybe we'll do an episode towards the summer or something. That'll be fun. Yeah, birds you travel to see or something. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All yeah. right. Well, do you have any announcements? Um, not too much. Just more videos, but that's about it. Nice, nice. Just keeping on top of that. How about you? I watched your uh, latest on location video. It's nice. Oh, really? Which one? Uh, the one with the tree. I think you just released it. I. I watched it oh, earlier yeah, today. As of today. Yeah, I did. Yep, yep. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, that was Make a good sure one. Good. Check it out, guys. <laughs> you got his recommendation. Yeah, no, it was a good one out. Good morning out with the snow and everything. Really frigid temperatures, but, you know, it's just fun to try out landscapes for change of pace because I've been doing so much birds lately anyways. Yeah. Um, I don't really have any announcements. Uh my 1635 f4 arrived um i'm just gonna say i've never seen like this kind of sharpness from a lens before like it's it's really high quality and i'm i'm really happy i got it it's so hmm. uh expect some wide angles nice <laughs> foregrounds 
nice uh back you know nice backgrounds so yeah what you should do is get some uh like this you've seen those bird landscape shots they're kind of photojournalistic. Oh, yeah, yeah uh-huh. you should get like something really wide like that that'd be cool <laughs> yeah yeah man it's like the nat right. geo style <laughs> uh-huh. oh i'd love to photograph for nat geo hire oh. me right now oh no <laughs> <laughs> that's great all right well uh yeah thank you very much for listening yeah thank you guys for watching Thank you so much for watching the All Outdoors Photography Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and the video version on YouTube as well. You can subscribe down below, and we look forward to seeing you in the next one. Thank you.